from Trimble Construction, you're listening to the Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now, here's your host, Matt Sprague. Hello and welcome to the Connected Construction Show. I'm your host, Matt Sprague. I want to appreciate everybody coming back to the show. If you this is a first time listening, welcome. If it's a, your second time or third time or fourth time, we're glad to have you back, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, our programming up until this point. Today, we're super excited. Um, we have our, our guest, Albert Momo, and our co-host, Lisa Ruggieri, here today. Um, the topic is diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, within the construction industry. So um, to get started, I'm going to introduce, uh, or rather let Lisa introduce herself, because I'm sure I won't do it, do it justice. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Hi, uh, Lisa Ruggieri. I run our eBuilder within our construction sector, uh, professional services organization, and um, really responsible for onboarding new customers, providing professional services into our existing customer base, um, as well as responsible for learning and development and some other er key areas in our professional services organization. I also um, am a part of Trimble's uh, DEI Global Council and uh, part of Trimble Women's Network as a co-executive sponsor. So that's who I am and, and what I do during the day. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for joining us today. Um, as I mentioned, sure. our guest is Albert Momo, who is the Vice President and Executive Director for Emerging Markets and Funded Projects, also at Trimble. So, Albert, that's, a, uh, that's an impressive and interesting job title. So tell us a little bit more about your background and the work you do and about yourself. Yeah, thank you, Matt, and thank you so much for, for having me. And, of course, thank you, Lisa, to, to, to be here and to to co-host this uh, this show. Uh, so uh, I'm leading a team called Emerging Market and Funded Project at Trimble. So what the team does is we're looking after opportunities for the entire company in the emerging market. And what we call emerging market are countries that are in Latin America, or the whole of Africa, part of Europe, and the large part of Asia. So we have a business development managers in those regions, and we also have people providing support when it comes to uh, uh, preparation of tenders, when it comes to project management, execution, uh, and, and things of that nature. So uh, we are like the, the the part of Trimble that deal with uh, the develop the developing world, uh, looking after opportunities for the entire company, for all the franchises, all the divisions of Trimble. Uh, and my background is I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. I have several degrees in engineering, from uh, civil engineering to computer science and system engineering and, and management. So that's basically who I am. And Lisa, I know you have uh, you've got a handful of questions for him. So I'll, I'll I'll let you take over. Thank you. Right as I encroach upon your your gratitude to Albert. No, Albert, thank you. I'm excited, as you know, Albert to any time I get to share any time with you is always amazing. So co-hosting here with Matt is an awesome opportunity to get to connect with you again, um, my dear friends. So um, 
really, I'd just like you to tell us a little about your work with the World Geospatial uh, Industry Council. You know, what are some of their, of your top goals as a DEI committee member? Yes, thank you, Lisa. As you know, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, to, uh, I'm so glad that you are part of this conversation. Uh, so the World Geospatial Industry Council is an organization of uh, almost 40 uh, uh, companies in the geospatial arena. And uh, that organization is basically the, the voice of all the geospatial companies. So we have from the large geospatial companies like Trimble S3 or Exogen to small companies in South Africa uh, and other parts of the world. So we try to be the voice of the, the, the geospatial uh, entities for geospatial world. And I'm the chair of the DEI committee at WGIC, at World Geospatial Industry Council. And my role as uh, the chair of the committee and the role of all the committee members is to push a DEI agenda. So we, we went from uh, noticing the lack of diversity in the geospatial arena, in the geospatial sector. And we say as an industry organization, as the, the, the leading industry organization, uh, what can we do about it? So we said, um, since almost every organization individually that is part of WGIC is having a DEI uh, program, a DEI policy, what can we share as you know different organizations and what can we push as a, a, a an organization that will group all those uh, companies and we started by putting together a white paper on on dei uh, in the geospatial sector uh, and as you can imagine uh, such a white paper is very simple we lack diversity being diversity based on race being diversity based on gender, being diversity based on economic situation and, and other elements. Uh, and the second topic is, is it really important to have DEI? Is it really important to elevate DEI to a topic of importance? And the white paper answer, yes. Uh, and there are so many reasons. I hope we, we're going to explore some of them. There are so many reasons why DEI should be a concern for, for uh, everyone, for everyone in the geospatial and the construction sector. No, that's, thank you, Albert. That's, um, that's great to hear. And I have other questions and I hope we can get back to, you know, some additional information about, you know, on this white paper, you know, how did, you know, the committee describe why, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion is so important. Um, you know, just some of those reasons that, um, that really, you know, was the catalyst for you to form this committee and, and how are you communicating that, I guess, via the white paper? Is it okay if I can react quickly to, to, to what Lisa just said? I want you to, I want you to react as much <laughs> as you want to react, Albert. Okay, so um, <laughs> in, in the wake of what happened in 2020, uh, where, uh, you know, for the first time, I will say in the corporate world, uh, the topic of, of diversity was raised to a level where uh, almost every single company has to take a stance on 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 on, on diversity, on DI, and on 
on the racial discrimination. Um, one thing that we noticed was in the geospatial arena, we we said a lot of things, but when you were seeing uh, what we were doing, you know, uh, I've been to so many geospatial events. I've been, uh, and, and some of them remotely, some of them in, in, in person. You don't have to be a genius to, to notice the lack of diversity, right? I, I mentioned uh, the, the diversity of, of race. I mean, I mentioned the diversity of gender. I mentioned the diversity of uh, national origin of the people that are around the table discussing uh, 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 stuff, but also a diversity that will represent uh, the economic situation, either of people, of companies, of our countries. So there are so many places where we feel like there is something missing. I, I'm, I'm glad that when we start that conversation within WGIC, I, I will say unanimously, everybody was like, yeah, you're right. You, you, I, 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 we think we can do better, we should do better. And people were, how can we improve? How can we get better? And just by acknowledging uh, that there is an issue, is is already half of the the, the 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 solution, right? Because now we can actually sit down and say, you know, what exactly is the problem? And that's why the white paper tried to to to, to accomplish. And what are the solutions? The first one for us was a policy paper that we want all the geospatial companies that are member of WGIC to to obey by, right? To agree on that as a company, as a geospatial company, these are things that I won't do. I won't discriminate based on race. I won't discriminate based on gender. I won't discriminate based on sexual orientation. I won't discriminate based on on, on religion. I won't discriminate based on national origin. And of course, it was easy for people to adopt that. The second one was equity. And because we are a global organization, we spend a lot of time making sure that we agree on words. As you know, most of our counterparts in Europe use the word equality. And we in the US, we use equity. And I think we have good reasons to use equity rather than equality. You know, as a human being, I don't want to fight to tell someone that I'm your equal. It's not even a, a way to start a conversation. You have to assume that you are, we are equal. But now equity is something else. So it, it took us like two rounds to, for people to, to, to grasp the idea of equity rather than equality. And I'm so pleased that at the end, we were able to convince people that the best world to represent what we are looking after, what we want to accomplish is equity, right? And, and then, you know, of course, we want to make sure that uh, we are very inclusive as an organization, as a, as, as a group, as, w, as WGIC. And being inclusive is, goes more than just people. It's also about organization, because after all, it's, a, it, it, it's a, a, an organization that will group companies. So how are we inclusive if we don't have small companies from those poor countries? So what can we do to attract those companies? What can we do to make sure that we can have on the same table 
a, a company like Trimble and maybe a very poor company from Kenya that maybe own only two total stations and you know do some work out there. So that was very important for us to make sure that within the organization, the idea of inclusion is something that is embraced by everyone. So those are some of the ideas, some of the thoughts that we have, you know, as part of the GI conversation at, at WGIC. You know, thanks, Albert, for that response. I mean, we love talking about, you know, also um, advancing smart cities, right, and artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things in the construction industry. But what do we often leave out of the conversation just in terms of providing everyone equal access to resources and opportunities? Yeah, yeah, you said very well, Lisa. And, you know, because, you know, as my day-to-day job, I, I work with uh, parts of the world where uh, some of the innovative technologies that are you know, part of what we, we, we consume now and part of what, you know, as Trimble, we, we push out there. I, I work in those places where artificial intelligence is still a foreign concept, right? Where a smart city may be a, a, a goal for 10, 15 years from now, or maybe something that is not even pronounced or, or, or said during the, the, the municipal council meetings. But the reality mm-hmm. is, whenever I address uh, some of our customers or potential customers or some of our partners, is to bring the conversation to what we call the fourth industrial revolution, right? And most of those countries basically miss the first three industrial revolutions. The good thing with the fourth one is that you don't have to go through the previous three. You can just jump in there. And we had examples, right? We, if you look at the, the, the cell phones revolution, many countries went from not having a very well-structured, a very good network of landline, now to have not only a better coverage in cell phones, but a lot of people in the countries having cell phones, and also all the services that come with the cell phones you know, like the, 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 the fintech of, of, of the world. So with that being said, one thing that we push for is how can we use technology actually to advance the DEI ideas? How can we see <laughs> technology as a way to erase some of the issues of the past? And that's where the concept of smart city may be very interesting elsewhere. Let me give you one example. One of the series that's considered the, the, the leader in the, the, the smart city is Cape Town, Cape Town in South Africa. But Cape Town as the most, one of the most important cities in South Africa is also a city that was part of apartheid, right? Where you see all the, the discriminations happening, where you see you know, people uh, living one, you know, in one part of the city and pe- other people living in different parts of the city and the difference is based on the, 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 the race. But the good thing with the concept of smart city at Cape Town is that they're making what we are calling digital transformation. So the digital transformation of a city, regardless 
of who you are. So basically, they're giving access to services, to smart services, to all the citizens. By doing so, they're making sure that schools are very well prepared and are preparing students to embrace the type of world that they're going to be living in. They're making sure that all the services that the city offers to, to, to its constituents are smart enough regardless of your race, regardless of your economic situation. So, yes, Lisa, smart city can actually be a vehicle for DEI. So, Albert, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, try to double-click down on the construction industry again as it pertains to this diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, so uh, bear with me as I get this question out. But So why is thinking about diversity and inclusion important um, in the geospatial and the construction sectors? So like, how can it affect an organization's performance, as an example, or how can it affect um, the structures, cities, communities that, that support the daily lives of its citizens? So many studies have shown that a diverse company is always a successful, is more successful than a non-diverse company, right? Because when you embrace diversity, at first, you can look at diversity from some of the traits that uh, are easily capture your like your race, your gender. But in general, people who embrace diversity, you know, based on race, you know, gender and everything, also embrace diversity of ideas. Because you have to be really open mind to accept that someone who doesn't look like you have something to say and is a is a valuable asset to your company. When you already have that mindset you will also have the mindset of ideas are important for us as a company. So diverse ideas are very important to the company. And now, if you go one step further, communities have their own histories, right? They have their own uh, element that, that factor in the way they interact with others, the way they interact within themselves. So by embracing diversity, you're basically saying, I'm willing to serve all the communities. I'm willing to understand what those communities have. I'm willing to understand what they, you know, how they think in order to offer them the best service for them. So yes, on a pure uh, uh, economical aspect, Diversity in geospatial and in construction should lead to more revenue. And more importantly, it should lead to be a better company, to be a better citizen company, and to serve all the communities better. Thank you, Albert. Um, so I guess the question, it's a leading question really based on your response, is do you think um, a city, can a city be anti-racist? And what, you know, what does or what would that look like, an anti-racist city? So, so now it depends. Uh, and I, I'm probably going to contradict myself just trying to answer this question. Yeah. There is one element of anti-racist that is actually bad, right? Uh, 
uh, and that element is if you define an anti-racism as another racism, right? Uh, and and there is this uh, author from a, a French author from the 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 the, the Martinique. Uh, he passed away a long time ago. His name is Aimé Césaire. So he used to say, "Don't make me the racist that I'm fighting." So <laughs> if anti-racism racism is actually become the racist of the racist, it's bad. But if anti-racism is only look at how can we evolve from racism, how can we have a more integrated uh, uh, universe, a more integrated city in this case, that's actually a good thing. And Cape Town, again, is a good example, right? Cape Town is a good example where they, they try and they are successfully integrating different communities within the city. They are making sure that they can live a post-apartheid uh, you know, type of life. So looking at anti-racism that way, bringing people together rather than putting them aside or pointing fingers at some people saying, you are racist, you are racist, that's good. That you know, means you are creating a city where people are really happy to live together and where people learn from each other regardless of their race, their gender, the economic situation, uh, and the, the, the sexual orientation, and so on. So yes, that's how I see a, 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 an anti-racist city. It's a city where you feel that you belong regardless of who you are. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, thank you, Albert, and I could not agree more um, with really just what you shared and articulated um, mm -hmm. regarding cities and how they can be anti-racist. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Do you have, and you've given us a couple of good relevant examples, right? So it allows us to really understand the points that you're making. Um, but do you have a, a great story to share about when construction or geospatial technology um, has been used to correct social, racial, or, or economic injustice? Um, um, maybe the city uh, where I live, uh, uh, D.C., Washington, D.C., right? Washington, D.C., uh, in my mind, is doing a, a very good job uh, integrating people, right? And uh, making sure that the, mm -hmm. the services that the city has to offer uh, are accessible to all their constituents. And uh, people may not know that, but uh, 20, 25 years ago, uh, DC was one of the most discriminated cities in the US, right? DC was, I, I don't know, I don't have the exact percentage, but it was a predominantly black city, basically, right? And now, because of some of the, of the efforts that they, 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 they that they made by uh, creating those services, but most importantly, using our geospatial technology to redefine the, the, the way the city will develop by showing new development, by creating, by putting schools where they're supposed to be, by putting resources where they're supposed to be, and they were using our technology to do that. So, and now they make it more attractive to people. So not only DC is now a very, very diverse city, a well-integrated city, but also a city where you have a lot of young people picking the city as the yes. first place where they want to start their, 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 their professional life. And I think 
you know, the use of geospatial, the use of um, our technology, of the geospatial technology of our technology to actually recreate some of the maps of the city, showing, you know, what of, you know, how to better use the resources of the city is something that needs to be mentioned. Because when, even when it comes to GIS and geospatial, this as a city was really behind 20, 25 years ago. And they embrace the use of geospatial technology, and we can see the result now. Thank you for that, Albert. Um, so believe it or not, we're at the end of the time. This, uh, this conversation absolutely flew by. Great, uh, fantastic stories and examples that that, that, that you provided. Um, and your last story, uh, you know, landed us in in Washington D.C. And my my last question here that we we ask all of our guests is actually going to bring us. Uh, not too far from Washington, D.C., back to your alma mater of University of Maryland. Um, so that they have a lot of people might think that the University of Maryland motto is fear the turtle. But that is actually uh, incorrect. Um, it is. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hack up uh, my Latin here. But it, it is Fati Mashi Paroli Famine, which actually means it's loosely translated strong deeds and gentle words. So it's an example of a motto. What motto do you live by or do you find interesting? Do the right thing. That, that's really my motto, do the right thing. And there are so many things in, the right, in, in that word right, but always do the right thing. The right thing by the people you, you're acting with, the right thing you know, by the company you work, you, you work for, the right thing by the communities you, you're part of or you serve, so yes, do the right thing. It's really my motto. I like that. Super simple, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but yet wildly effective. If everybody could just pause for a second and ask the ask themselves that that question, you nailed it. So, mm -hmm. Albert, th thank you again so much. Lisa, thank you for 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 joining us and and adding uh, some insightful insightful questions that brought on some uh, insightful answers from Albert. Um, thank you to everybody listening or watching to the show, watching to the show, watching the show. <laughs> um, once again, I'm Matt Sprague. This is the Connected Construction Show. Until next time, stay connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at ConnectedConstructionShow.com.